The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's Friday, and today that means live Q&A. Welcome to Radical Personal Finance, a show dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, insight, and encouragement you need to live a rich and meaningful life now while building a plan for financial freedom in 10 years or less. My name is Joshua. I am your host, and I welcome you to today's Friday Q&A call. These Q&A calls work just like Call and Talk Radio does. I post a link to today's uh, to the recording software for patrons of the show, those who sign up to support the show on Patreon. They call in and we talk about whatever is on their minds. If you would like to join me on one of these Friday Q&A calls, uh, the best way to do it is go to patreon.com slash radicalpersonalfinance, patreon.com slash radicalpersonalfinance, sign up to support the show there. And then whenever I do one of these, which is any Friday that I can be in front of a computer and in front of an internet connection, uh, whenever I do one of these, you'll get notifications about uh, the Q&A call and you can join in and sign, you can sign in and join. Uh, so I'd love to have you join me for the next Q&A call. Hope you will consider doing that. Quick note, this is probably one of your easiest and cheapest ways to ask me any questions that you want to talk about. Uh, certainly, it's not entirely anonymous. Uh, you give me a name and uh, uh, there's a voice, I guess, of you on the show. But beyond that, I don't You give me any name you want uh, and use any voice that you want. Uh, but if you want to talk about something, it's probably one of your least expensive ways to engage in consulting uh, calls with me. So just encourage you, if you're a money-saving person, you want to talk with me, go to patreon.com slash radicalpersonalfinance. I really think that's one of your best options. We begin with Jeff in North Carolina. Jeff, welcome to the show. How can I serve you today, sir? Thanks, Joshua. Um, just a couple quick questions for you, um, mostly related to uh, kind of my current housing situation. Um, but uh, first of all, just appreciate everything you do. Um, been listening to you for a couple of years, and uh, you know, definitely gotten a lot of value out of um, everything you uh, you're teaching, especially from the podcast, but also through some of the courses. So definitely appreciate everything that you do. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, sure. Um, so first question related to, um, my current housing situation, I'm in sort of a traditional lease. Um, however, I did leave a, um, kind of a cushy corporate job about three weeks ago. Um, but kind of within that time, but also previously, um, you know, been pretty, um, inspired by, um, you know, some of the things from like early retirement extreme and also kind of some of the freedom things that you've been espousing on the show lately. Um, and basically where I'm at is I have a, a buyout clause in my, in my, um, lease for my apartment. And basically what that means is with basically 60 days notice and two months rent, um, I'd be able to get out of, um, get out of the lease contract. Um, and kind of on the extreme end of things, I was, uh, um, entertaining the idea of moving into my Prius, um, doing a little bit of stealth camping in the time being till I find the next best thing. I like it. For, um, <laughs> Very nice. Absolutely. Uh, 
So um, kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, obviously, and I know you've kind of mentioned um, previously, you know, doing, you know, sort of whether it be van life, life on the road. And also, I know you've mentioned uh, Priuses for camping previously. So any um, cool um, advice you may have, just especially since you spent a lot of last year on the road, um, would uh, appreciate any advice you have. So um, any additional details I can give you around the lease piece for um for your thoughts yes but i would say i don't imagine that there's a, a, another financial planner in the world who has spent let's see i've probably spent between two to three weeks uh so 14 somewhere between 14 and 21 days camping in a prius uh on the road stealth camping camping all over the place so i cannot imagine that there's another financial advisor in the world uh or at least a credentialed financial advisor in the world who can say that if there is you write to me and let me know but i gotta imagine i'm the only person in the world that would have any insight whatsoever on this question from a personal uh, from a personal experience um Tell me more about kind of what you envision with your trip and what you envision doing a little bit about the dream or the plan. Sure. Um, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not in a great financial situation at the moment. Um, I have, I did have about, um, I was able to muster together about 10 grand after I left that job. So I have a decent cushion. So you have 10, um, have you have 10 grand in the bank right now. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And I have about, um, about 60 grand in consumer debt. I have been able to um, kind of, you know, control that a little bit. I put one of the larger personal loans on like a forbearance or whatever they call it. So it's not like a huge issue for till I find, you know, some better income. So I guess what I'm getting at is the goal isn't necessarily so much to kind of get out and see the world as opposed to just kind of have a of a practical way of um, cutting my housing costs pretty significantly, just based on the fact that I already have the Prius. Right. And kind of, I mean, I, but I would also love to do, you know, some of those things if there is an excuse to do so. Um, so that's, I just wanted to say that that's not really the, the main Understood. focus, Understood. but it would be cool to, to do it as well. Do you have an idea of a job that you'd like to take or, or a business you'd like to start or some way to generate income at the moment? Yeah. Um, my background is in kind of like sharing economy. I've done some work. I worked for a company that got acquired by Grubhub. Um, you know, so sort of the management of independent contractors is sort of my, um, my background. Um, and I would, you know, definitely be open to, um, keeping up with that space just cause it is pretty interesting. Um, but you know, definitely leery of would prefer something that's as remote as possible, maybe a little travel required. Um, but, you know, trying to stay out of the office sort of nine to five type environment where I came from, because that was not great just because with a lot of my other previous roles, I had been pretty um, flexible with remote or travel type of arrangements. So you got 10 grand in the bank, about $60,000 of debt. Do you have any other, other than, I guess, the car, do you have any other really significant assets, other investment assets, um, other real estate that you own? Nope. Okay. And what were you earning before you left the job? Uh, 100K. Okay. Do you think that it's realistic that you could get another position in short order earning uh, six figures? Um, I think short order, no, but definitely... Um, potentially, you know, 90 days, maybe. Um, but you know, I mean, if I were to cut my housing costs basically to the bone, I could definitely, you know, 
you know, look for something, you know, 60 to 75 K would certainly be, um, very doable for, uh, solid lifestyle. And how much is your monthly rent currently? Uh, $1,100. So to break the lease, you'd be on the hook for about, uh, $2,200. Correct. However, just to kind of make that a little bit more clear, there would be 60 days notice. So it would be sort of like paying almost four months, Understood. but it would be sort of that 22 stroke after the 60 days. Okay. So, all right. So what you're saying is you would give them 60 days notice today. And right. then you would pay eleven hundred, eleven hundred, and then at the end of sixty days, then you owe twenty two hundred. So basically, it's about forty four hundred that you're on the hook for right now. Right. Okay. How much time is left on the lease if you see it to fruition? Um, December. So a while. Okay. Well, obviously, that's a big chunk of money, and so right. before you do that, do you have you read your contract to see if you have uh, a clause against subletting? I'm not allowed to sublet, but the other sort of easier option that I had entertained was um, you can do like a lease takeover. So, you know, just go on Craigslist and, um, you know, see if somebody would, you know, be looking for that sort of duration and, you know, that uh, price range kind of thing. Um, So that's something else I had thought about, but the buyout would be the worst case scenario. So let's talk about living in your car. Um, It ain't great. Uh, and I think that's the first place to start with. It's great if sure. you're doing something that you're excited about. So it's great if you're traveling, in my opinion. It's great if you're engaging in some adventure that you want to do. But if you're just staying in your hometown and you happen to be sleeping in your car at the local Walmart, that's not great. And it starts to wear on you over time. You start to feel a little bit like you're kind of on the edge of society uh, just because – and it's not necessarily due to anyone else's perspective. Uh, You know, does anybody know if you're even staying in your car? Well, of course, if they see you when you're parking at night, if you're – depending on where you're actually parking, certainly. But it's more a matter of it's not normal to be out and about in society at all hours of the day. Um, the normal situation is you're either in an office or you're at home working uh, or, or you're at home in the privacy of your own walls. And so what what wears on you over time is the feeling of, well, I'm kind of just always visible. You're never not visible to other people. And so you can never really relax. Now, <laughs> that that didn't come out right. You can relax, but it's just kind of weird. When you've been accustomed to the normal lifestyle, it's a little bit weird to be all of a sudden living in a car. Because what you'll find is, yes, can you sit in your car? Yes. Um, and what you would do is you would get a comfortable chair and you would you know, go to the local park and you would find some spots to hang out in. You would find some some uh, some cafes to to work in. You might go and start working at the local library with your laptop. But at the end of the day, you still it's still easy to feel this sense of unrootedness, this sense of just disconnectedness. And so the first thing that I would say is that I think it's better to, um, it's better to, uh, if you're going to live in your car, it's better to have a purpose that's beyond just simply, well, I'm doing this to save money. In a, in a dire circumstance, can you do it? Yes, you can. But the reality is I don't think you're in a dire circumstance. You could, 
you have $10,000 in the bank. You could pay your rent, cover your expenses for a few months, and then get another job and then pick back up where, where things were. And since, since you could do that, I think that you should consider doing that uh, and have the living in your car thing as almost a thing of last resort. Um, rather than rather than going ahead with the plan right away. Now, where I would change on that is if you if living in the car would allow you to do something that you were truly excited about. And by the way, let me ask: um, where, what part of the country are you living in? I'm in the southeast. In the southeast. Okay, so. It just it depends. There's a big difference between you know the southeast versus the west uh, versus the northeast in terms of how easy it is to do it. I camped in my car in um, in the northeast, where I was you know hiding in a local park, <laughs> sleeping at night, and it's just it's hard because there's not nearly as many places to go and things to do. Now, if you're in a place where there's abundant um, government land, BLM land, things like that, where you can park and camp for free. Uh, if you're in a place where it's easy to do it at Walmarts and things like that, it's a lot easier than if you're in the middle of a, of a big city in the Northeast. So that that needs to come into, uh, into play as well. So what I would say is the first thing you should do is if you're going to do it, think about doing it, at least in the context of a trip. Um, have Because if you just decide right today, I'm going to go and camp in my car uh, in your hometown I think that by the end of the week you'll be you'll be back home. Uh, whereas if you're on a trip, okay, well now there's something you're seeing something new, you're doing something new, you're you're meeting interesting new people, and it's a little bit more. You have more of a reason for for doing it. That's just my experience. If I were going to live in a, if I were going to travel, traveling in a Prius is adequate, and you get great benefit of being having such great gas mileage that you can you can travel very comfortably and travel long distances as a as a single man. Um, but if I were going to live in a car, I would not choose a Prius to live in because you just don't have anywhere to really relax. And so at the very least, if I were in a situation at the very least, I would buy you know a pickup and a truck camper uh, or at least a van, something like that, where you can be in the vehicle and you can do things like cook in the vehicle, et cetera, without it being so weird and strange as, as a Prius. Uh, so that would be that would be the first thought. Now, um, second thing would be if you have a clear goal of what you're going to, yes, the lease comes into account. And so the first thing I would do today is I would start if you're allowed to advertise for somebody to take over the lease. The first thing I would do today is I would start advertising for someone to take over the lease. There's no reason why you can't advertise for that. And you might find somebody willing uh, willing to do that. Even if you have to pay a little bit of money, let's say that your lease is 1100 and you tell someone, I'll lease it to you for $900 um, and I'll make up $200. That, of course, would save you a lot of money uh, as opposed to the $4,400. I would also look around my network and see, do I have any you know homeless friends or you know a brother or someone like that who could just come? and crash with me on the couch? Is it technically subletting? Eh, it's kind of one of those gray areas, maybe technically. But if they, if you found someone that was willing to pay you $500 a month to, to stay in your place, then I think that you would find, um, you would find uh, time, you would find it worth the effort to, uh, you would find it worth the effort to stay in the apartment. Um, and then as far as the next step, I think the biggest thing is gonna be, what are you gonna do? Uh, and that's and going back to the car thing, just trying to answer your question. If you're going to get a job, I recommend you don't 
do the car thing. I recommend you go ahead and get a job because when you do the car thing, you'll you'll feel like you're a little bit on the edge of society. It's very hard to stay feeling normal. Even if you get a gym membership and you shower at the gym and you get dressed, it just causes you to feel a little bit weird and it weighs on you and you're not in, at your best. Uh, and I've even learned this myself with regard to staying in places like cheap hotels. When I was younger and broker, I was always staying at whatever place was the cheapest. And I didn't understand why people would pay lots of money for a night in a hotel in order to um, when they could buy something cheaper. Yeah, I got that it was nicer, but I I'm I'm not to me, niceness is is not that big of a deal. Uh, I just don't have to have fancy luxury all the time. And I figured, well, the cheap place is, is, uh, is as good as anything, so why not save the money? Uh, and then what I learned is how I started to measure my productivity and my ability to actually get results. And I discovered that I really needed that I wasn't as productive in the cheap place, that if I didn't have a good table and a good chair in my room, I couldn't get as much work done. And I remember distinctly, I was in I was in Canada on a business trip and I was, uh, this was a few years ago, and I was staying at a, I'd gotten a cheap hotel, but I didn't have, the desk was tiny and I didn't really have a place to set up and work. And I lost a day of work and I just said, that's it, I'm never doing this again. From now on, if I'm going to travel, I'm going to stay in a proper business class hotel where I have a proper desk to work at because I'm just not as productive when I go to a coffee shop. I'm not as productive when I don't have a desk and a chair and an outlet and, and kind of the, the simple things. And the key is for me to be able to produce and to work. And so over the years, I've stopped my you know extremely frugal ways just because I've recognized that if I if I indulge those extremely frugal ways, yeah, I don't spend much, but I also don't produce anything and I don't make much. And so it's more important for me to be productive. And my ability to produce value in the marketplace is far, far higher than what it costs me to stay at a business class hotel at you know $150 a night or whatever. And so it's basically that same concept, um, but to the extreme, to the max with regard to staying in your car. Is it a good way to go on an adventure on the cheap? Yes, but not if you're expecting anything out of yourself as far as to produce anything. Not if you're expecting yourself to feel motivated every day to get out there and send out, um, you know, making calls and working on something and building a career website. And uh, uh, you know, it, it's not, it's not in that. It, it doesn't work in that situation. And so, if you're going to use it for an adventure then I say, go for it. If you're not going to use it for an adventure, I would say stay in your apartment um, where you you already have the lease. Try to find somebody who can come and, and, and stay with you for a time and use your ability to be in your, your apartment to be productive and get yourself productive, whether that's to get another job, to do freelance work, to start a business, to do something. I don't think it's really possible for most people to to be very productive when living in their car, uh, not at the level that you're accustomed to being productive at. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely appreciate uh, that insight. I think the the one thing that kind of stuck out at me was, you know, the you know just having kind of a plan. And frankly, I just hadn't really thought about it maybe that much, just due to the fact that if I probably were to do a trip, it would probably necessitate having to, um, you know, have the lease taken care of just because it would be kind of a, an unnecessary burden to have going if I was going to be gone for a couple of months um, to kind of have that, you know, 
that expense still there. Right. Um, however, you know, with the the potential of getting that taken care of, you know, I definitely could see a trip um, and, you know, getting excited about that trip. Um, and but one other thing I'll throw out there is having kind of been chained to an office for a couple of years, frankly, the the excitement of some freedom um, is sort of the exciting thing in itself for me at the moment that mm-hmm. could sort of be the, the honey, the honeymoon phase, so to say at the moment, but, um, it's just sort of, you know, embracing the fact that, uh, you know, I can, um, you know, sleep in a little bit and, um, do things at my own pace and, you know, really just sort of explore, you know, what's, uh, what's on my mind that day. And, um, you know, that's been a very illuminating experience that was obviously sort of put to bed, you know, with, uh, corporate life. Mm-hmm. So what I, so to kind of complement that, what I would say, what I would encourage you is consider using a trip, but then just be open to working on the road. And just to clarify, you're single, not married, no children, no girlfriend, you know, romantic relationships. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So good. So then, then that allows you to, to come and go as you like. And so what I would say is that consider using a trip, but head for a place where there's easy work uh, and even work that may not be exactly what you're accustomed to. Uh, you know, think about going to Texas and getting a job in the Texas oil fields or, or, or think about heading north and, and seeing what emerges along the way. Because I, I resonate with that lack of wanting to be in the office and I understand that. And so if you're at a point in your life where you've done that for a while and now you're ready for something else, then just use a trip as a as a as a way to explore um you know, use a trip as a way to explore some other opportunities. What are the minimum payments, the minimum monthly payments on your debt at the moment? Right now we're looking at about um, if I were to include that loan that I mentioned earlier, it would be about sixteen hundred bucks. But without it, it's about eight hundred. The loan would be for uh, a refinance. Uh, um, tell me the details of the loan again. I missed that when you said it first time. Yeah, it's a it's a personal loan. Um, it had been a refinance on some former credit card debt. Okay, um, but it I had put it into forbearance for about okay. ninety days, so Got through it. April. I Got it. it. Well. If you if you feel a sense of frustration with the corporate world and you're not and I and I say to you listen Jeff just go get another job and you say, I don't want to do it then I would say that the Prius plan might be a good transition plan. If you have the ability to get rid of most of your stuff uh, except you know the basics that you need pack them in the car um, and we ask have you have you tried sleeping in the Prius have you have you done any nights in the Prius yet at, at this point? I have a few times and it's it's not bad. Um, you know, I definitely, it's hard to do in the middle of Manhattan, but you know, you can definitely do it on, uh, in a quiet area. Well, if you're going to travel, so there's, there's the one way to do it was how I've done it, where you fold the back seat forward for the, fold the front seat back, um, and just kind of make, do it in a makeshift way. That's adequate. But what I would say is if you're actually going to do it, do it properly, you know, even take out the the passenger seat, um, build, 
a nice sleeping platform that's comfortable, get some bins, you know, get organized. The key to being happy in that kind of environment is to be organized. You need to be organized. You need to have some basic camping gear. Uh, you need to have a butane cook stove, uh, some a pot. Um, you need to have a cooler at the very least. It's probably the simplest thing to start with is a high quality cooler, maybe a soft sided cooler, um, like, but get the wall, get the Ozark trail ripoff at Walmart, but like the soft sided Yetis, those are good. And then you can just get ice from time to time from a grocery store, uh, to keep your food in, but you need to have the, and then you need a comfortable chair, a little table so that basically you can pull into a local public park and be comfortable setting up and using a picnic table and, and cooking and, and whatnot as well so you're not eating out all the time the thing that'll kill your budget is if you don't have the ability to cook and you're eating out all the time so a, a simple butane stove that you can get at walmart um, a simple cooler to keep some cool foods cold uh, and uh, some basic camping gear and a nice chair and a table where you can be comfortable outside of the car i see our our are necessary and then work out a bed platform that works for you so if, if you take the uh, depending on how tall you are, if you take the seat out, then you could uh, put a, the front seat out. You could put a whole bed platform on the right side of it and not even need to put the back seat down, which gives you a place to sit inside the car still and work in the seat. Um, or you can go with the back seat down plan. So YouTube is your friend there. Um, what I would do is if I weren't willing at all to go back to the corporate world, even for a time, and I think you shouldn't dismiss it too quickly because is it fun to go on the road? Yes. Is it fun to go on the road when you got $60,000 of debt and 10000 in the bank? Well, it's a lot less fun than if you were debt-free. And so if you could get another $100,000 a year job, um, a year from now, you could be debt-free. And so if you can stomach the plan to say, I'm gonna get a, going to get another job, work for a year, and um, earn $100,000 and be debt-free in a year, it's going to be a lot more fun to do it when you're debt-free than right now. If that's not a plan that appeals to you, I don't see why you have to do it. I would say go on a trip, um, break the lease, and even if you don't make the lease payments, that just simply becomes one more debt that you owe, and you can pay it off when you can. Uh, I would not. I would not at this point. If I had ten thousand dollars, I would not at this point feel really good about taking forty four hundred uh, and giving it to them. So I would either add that onto a credit card somewhere, finance it with a credit card uh, so that I could stretch out the payments until I could get a job uh, or just have it as a debt that I owe and then pay it off in a few months when I get a job, uh, something like that to to save my cash. And then I would head for a place that I'm interested in going and interested in checking out and I would be open to and look for a job along the way. Uh, and I would consider doing some kind of lucrative manual labor job. Again, Texas oil fields or, or, or you know, doing something up north uh, just because it's an interesting way to have a change in your life uh, that's different than the corporate environment. And you might find, you know what, I really like the corporate environment after all. And if you do are doing remote work, well, you can do that from wherever you happen to wind up being. But a little bit of money coming in so you can get your debt cleared up over the next couple of years will also make any kind of traveling a lot more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm definitely intrigued by the idea of some of the, uh, um, you know, less common manual labor jobs like, uh, like that. So I think, uh, that's definitely something I would look into to, uh, potentially sustain it. You can make a lot of money in those fields. <clears throat> and if you'll go where the work is, and, and I, I mentioned Texas just cause you know, I was in Texas, um, not too long ago and was, was talking to some guys there. But if you go to a place like that, 
where the industry is 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 booming. And if you're willing to to do the work, I mean, it's not easy work, but I've always found I've always found manual work to be easier to do than the work that I do because all I got to do is show up and work hard. And that's always, I've been doing that since I was a kid, show up and work hard. It's a lot easier for me to avoid work when it's, when it's mental work sitting in front of a desk. And the great thing about, about manual work is you, uh, you know, you, you, you go to work, you do the work and then you leave. And when you leave, the job stays there. And, as a single guy, you have the ability to take all the extra jobs, to take all the different contracts, and there's so many opportunities. You can easily make six figures in one of those in one of those jobs, and those jobs work well with a with a frugal lifestyle. You know, it seems like sometimes it seems to me that half the guys that work in the Texas oil fields live in RVs, and they do that because they need to live close to where they are and they need to move around for work. But it also happens to be a fairly frugal way to live. Uh, and so depending on how you do it, you know, there, there, you can work offshore, uh, or you're on the, you're on an oil rig for a couple of weeks at a time or a month on or whatever the, the shifts are that they're offer, or you can do work on, but, but there are ways to make a lot of money in some of the, that kind of work. And, uh, I think you, you would find it refreshing to do some, some physical heavy labor, um, it, it's, it's easier to do than the office environment. In my opinion, I, I would rather if you gave me the choice between going back to a cubicle world as a corporate drone versus going out and doing one of those jobs, uh, where I'm working with a team of guys out in the, out in the woods, uh, or out in the, the desert, I guess it'd be more appropriate. Uh, I would take the second option at this point. Uh, now you're going to, there's some downsides, right? West Texas is not the, 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 the most, attractive of places to live, but it does fit very well into an extreme lifestyle. If you went to a job like that or went up to, you know, Alaska or, or did, you know, find some place where you can make a lot of money, but you're going to a place where, where, uh, where workers are needed, you can live the early retirement extreme lifestyle, live extremely frugally. And four or five years later, you've got half a million dollars in the bank. Um, and, and you, now you have your freedom to go on to whatever's next. And so it's one of the fastest ways that I know of to, uh, to reach a significant level of, of, of freedom because you go to a high earning place with a low expenses. And if you, and if you do, if you just don't drink all the time and blow all your money on stupid stuff, you can save huge amounts of money and very quickly buy your freedom. So that's, I would, I would be open to that if that appeals to you. Yeah, for sure. Any other um, industries besides the oil fields uh, ring any bells for you? It's a good question. I don't, and that's one of the first ones that I, that comes to mind. And I've met people doing interesting work uh, in that industry all over, around the around the around the country. One of the things that I noticed is that that work, depending on the specific kind of work, tends to be fairly it moves. Uh, and so I've met people in Wyoming, in Idaho, in um, Texas, but at a campground, there's often at least a couple of people that are, are their families are living in the campground while they're working on their jobs. And so I've never really dug into it all that much, um, but that's so so short answer is no I don't have anything else that would be where I would start but I would bet if you if you went looking and started asking questions and did intense research on that that there might be other options that would emerge along the way
That's the best I got, though. Um, the other thing, I guess, would be seasonal work. Um, if you're open to doing seasonal work, here it is February. So just an example. If you went up to the far north, uh, you know, even Alaska, and got yourself some seasonal work uh, during the summertime up in Alaska, you could get there pretty inexpensively in your Prius. Um, then you can do the kind of thing where you work like, like crazy for for four or five, six months, and then you take the winter off. And there are all kinds of opportunities where that could work out. Uh, I don't know specifically what they are right now. When I was in Alaska, though, I did I did meet people that did that, and you, and you see that people will go back, go up and go back and forth. And so you have the opportunity to do seasonal work if you're willing to relocate, uh, and you can just simply go where the work is uh, and and where you're where you're paid the most during the summer. Got it. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, cool. Yeah, definitely appreciate the insight on uh, you know thinking about uh, some new industries. Good. Anything else? Um, what about just sort of if I were to deem the Prius, you know, not, uh, um, you know, not acceptable for kind of long-term living, do you have any, um, any insight on kind of what maybe a good next step would be? I mean, the, my Prius is pretty new. It's probably worth 10 grand private, private sales. So, you know, I mean, I feel like you could do a lot with that, with something else a little more comfortable. Yeah. For a single guy, I would buy um, either a pickup truck and a truck camper or uh, a small or, or an SUV or a pickup truck and a trailer. And this would depend a little bit on the kind of work that you imagined yourself doing. I think one of the best ways to, one of the best um lifestyles is a, is a pickup truck and a truck camper uh, because it's they're inexpensive uh, they're you can buy them inexpensively you don't need anything fancy so if you sold your Prius for 10 grand you could certainly get yourself a uh, a pickup truck and a truck camper for 10 grand and uh, and they're comfortable and unlike the Prius they allow you to set up and not feel like uh, not and to feel at home, right? You have a table inside that you can sit at and you can work at. You have a proper bed that you can relax in. Uh, you have a stove, you have a sink, you have water tanks, you have those things that make it possible for you to live comfortably. And so I like the, the flexibility of a pickup truck and a truck camper. Uh, it's one of my favorite ways to do it. The only downside of a pickup truck and truck camper is that it's not quite as... Uh, is, is if you need to drive a lot, if you need to drive your truck. So like the oil guys, let's say you were going to go work on the oil field. Well, you wouldn't want a pickup truck and a truck camper. You'd want a pickup truck and a small uh, travel trailer because you're going to need the truck for work and you're going to leave the trailer parked. Uh, and I think that that also is a good solution. The travel trailers around you might be even cheaper, which would be a better way to start uh, where you just have a few thousand dollar pickup truck and a few thousand dollar travel trailer. You could certainly do that. And then now you have the ability to live comfortably. You can uh, have an actual trailer. And so you're going to feel a lot more. So I'll give you an example. When you're trying to, when you're trying to camp and, and live in a vehicle, one of the first things is, well, where am I going to be? Where am I going to be during the day? I'm not going to be driving. So where am I actually going to be? And if you're in a Prius, it's hot. the best that you can do in a Prius is to sometimes be in the car. But the best that you can do in a Prius is to pull up to a picnic pavilion where you have a, a table to work on, a bench. You can set up a comfortable chair. And then you have a place to cook. You have a place to be. You have a place to hang out. But you're always exposed to the weather, even in that circumstance. And the weather, what you find is that the weather can start to 
to wear on you. Sometimes it's very hot. Sometimes it's very cold. Sometimes it's windy. Sometimes it's rainy. Sometimes it's sunny. It's sunny, and you just want to get out of the weather sometimes. And so when you when you go ahead and move up a level to a trailer uh, or to a camper, or you could do a van. I um, also obviously people do vans, but when you move up a level and you have the ability to get out of the weather, it's really nice because now what was that hot loud uh, or cold, windy, loud rest area picnic table becomes just your camper that you're parked in, that you're in the rest area for, for the day. And you can work on your computer, you can do whatever you want, you can read, you can relax, and you can get out of the rain, you can get out of the wind. And that's, that's really nice. And so it's worth, it's worth it to have that if you think that you're going to do it for, for a longer period of time. Uh, it's really nice to have that ability. So I would shop both of those, go look at some options and see. Uh, the truck camper can technically be taken off of uh, a truck and put on the ground. Certainly you can do that, but it's a lot bigger of a hassle than a, than a small trailer. And so if you were going to work and you were going to go on the road and you're going to be open to working, I would say probably a pickup truck and a small camper. And you need you don't need something big. Uh, the, the, the smaller you are, the better. Uh, and you can get um, inexpensive. You should, you should be able to find a travel trailer for a few thousand dollars and a pickup truck for a few thousand dollars. And that would be enough to get you on the road. Sounds good. Anything else? I think, uh, no, I think uh, we've uh, exhausted it. <laughs> Good. Well, um, I hope that you will uh, have greater clarity and wisdom. I just encourage you, use the money that you have to get yourself started. It is, when you got $10,000 in the bank, it's easy to make a transition like you are making because you can float your bills for a little while. You can float your bills and, and generate some income along the way. But you still only have a few months of um few months of, of wiggle room. Uh, and what I would say is as quickly as you can, um, as quickly as you can look for a way to earn some income, live frugally and get your debt paid off. Because if you can go from having $60,000 of debt and no income to having $0 of debt and no income, you're going to have a very different experience with those two things. So if you want to make a transition, you can make a transition when you're in debt, but it's a lot easier when you're totally debt-free and a lot more fun. Absolutely. All right, Jeff, thanks for calling in and I wish you all the best. That's it for today's Q&A show. Only had one caller today, so I would invite you next week. Call in and go to patreon.com slash radical personal finance. Sign up to support the show on Patreon and join me for next week's Q&A call. Patreon.com slash radical personal finance. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change. Offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead. So you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.